In a world where it seems totally normal to listen to a podcast about the Toronto Argonauts, it's the X's and Argos podcast. Welcome to the X's and Argos scouting report for week eight of the 2021 CFL season. And with the Argos hosting a pivotal East matchup this week, uh, hosting the Montreal Alouettes, I thought who better to bring in than TSN Radio's Joey Alfieri. And so he joins us today. Joey, thanks so much for, for doing this for me today. Oh, no worries. Thanks for having me. So, first of all, do you have David Cote in your fantasy football lineup for this week? <laughs> uh, I've uh, I still haven't made my lineup. I know there's a, there's a tie cats uh, uh, red black scheme tonight. Kind of snuck up on me to be honest with you, uh, but uh, no, I don't have uh, not this week, and I haven't had him in my fantasy lineup all season actually. So I didn't take advantage of the six field goals on Saturday night either. That was something else. And what's <laughs> funny about that game is you know watching that game. I, I didn't get a sense of what I ended up seeing on the stat sheet the next day. So next yeah. morning I tune in and, you know, I, I kind of had a feeling that the Owls weren't moving the ball that well, but the stats don't say that at all, do they? They did. I thought they moved the ball real well. Like between the 20s, they they moved the ball okay. I mean, William Stanback uh, ripped off like a set, over seven yards a carry. Uh, Vernon Adams moved the ball relatively well, um, but it's just, you know, in the in the red zone and even I would say around the 30-yard line, uh, just for whatever reason, they they would stall. There's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, Adams threw a really bad bad interception on their first offensive drive. They were already down seven nothing at that point, and he threw a terrible pick uh, to T.J. Lee in the end zone. And then uh, there was some drops. In fairness to Adams, there were also drops near the goal line. Geno Lewis had a couple. Uh, so there's uh, there's uh, multiple reasons why they didn't score last week, but. They almost had 500 yards of net offense, which to me, I'm like, all right, I, you know, I get it. I can see that, but it's just they didn't, they didn't pay it off. They didn't end these drives with positive, uh, positive results. Yeah, and it, it's something that reminded me a little bit of, of what we saw with the Toronto-Saskatchewan game, where after the game, a lot of people on social media were giving Nick Arbuckle a really hard time. I thought he actually played a pretty good game. And then yeah. I look at that Montreal game, I actually thought Vernon Adams was okay. You know, it wasn't his, the best game of his career or anything, but he was all right. I thought his decision-making was pretty good. You would expect just more points to result in in that level of play, but it, it just wasn't there. So what, what's the mood been around, uh, you know, Montreal this week? Is everyone panicking? Are, are people pushing the panic button? How's, how's the how's the spirit i don't i don't think people are panicking just yet but i, I think it's starting to get frustrating because like you have to keep in mind the owls have been mediocre for quite a while now you know like they had that great stretch run uh in 2014 when jonathan crompton took over at quarterback and they went on this run and they lost in the east final um but you look at you look at what they've had the last few years i mean it's been different quarterbacks different coaches different general managers so you go into 2019, and most people aren't expecting much. Like Mike Sherman's the 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 head coach to start training camp. Antonio Pipkin's the starting quarterback, and by the first week of the season, Vernon Adams is the starting quarterback, and Kahari Jones is your head coach. So everything's changed, but they got positive results. You know, they won a lot of games. They won 10 games in 2019, made the playoffs. So you're expecting them to make that next step, even though uh, yeah, it was tough to not have a season last year and build on that momentum from 2019. So I don't think people are pushing the panic button. I just I think there's a little bit of frustration because they've been waiting for a while to see a good team. You finally thought that you had that, and now you know it looks like you're kind of middle of the pack again. It looks like, and speaking of Kari Jones, he's back with the team, I gather, this yeah. week. 
mm-hmm. and and Mario Mario Alfred is is out, which I think is maybe a bigger deal than a lot of people realize. Yeah, Mario Alfred. I know it's been a little more quiet the last few weeks, but uh, Mario Alfred, the first game of the season, broke a long return for a touchdown. And uh, he's somebody that you have to account for. Like, since he's been with the Owls, he joined them midway through 2019. He's been dynamic. Before the year, uh, I threw it out there on uh, on Twitter. I said that he is my pick to win special teams player of the year. Uh, and I know that, you know, there's other guys in contention there, i.e., you know, Frankie Williams, Devontae Dedman as well. They're all in the mix. But um, to me, you know, he's a guy who's dynamic. And and it was it's been frustrating because one of the things that I kind of noticed over the last few weeks, and it's funny you bring up Alford, is that I feel like the receivers that the Owls have are good. They have good receivers, good possession guys, guys who can, you know, hang on to the ball, even though, you know, there were a couple of drops in the last game. I felt like they were missing speed. So to me, you know, watching them play in Ottawa, there was one jet sweep to Mario Alford, but then the rest of the time he was a decoy. On, on, on Saturday night, he was a decoy whenever he got on the field offensively, didn't get the ball in his hands. And for a team lacking speed, and I'm, I'm not saying you've got to throw him out there at receiver and have him run routes, but I'm just saying you have to get him out there, get the ball in his hands, and have the defense worry like, hey, if we're not ready for this, this guy's going to burn us for a long game going the other way. And now they've lost that. So they've got Rashard Ross. He's an NFL vet. He bounced around the league. He's 31, played with the Washington football team for a while. So it looks like he's going to be able to return kicks uh, starting Friday night. But uh, it's definitely, you're right, it's definitely a big loss. Where are you expecting the offense to come from in this in this matchup? I know the, the Toronto defense got beat up pretty badly last week, and there were injuries yeah. all over the place, a linebacker especially. Is this yeah. going to be the game plan coming in, run the ball, you know, give it to Stanback, see what he can do? Yeah, I think that's always, I mean, Montreal is old school that way in that, you know, I feel like they use the the run to kind of open up the pass. And I know before last week's game, I think Toronto was number one in the league against the run, if I'm not mistaken. No, so that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where they shake out after last week, but um, I, I think it's going to be tough to run on, on Oakman and company and those guys, you know. So uh, at the same time, I do feel like, Run blocking is something that this offensive line does well. It's not to say they're poor in pass blocking either, but they just they look comfortable uh, opening up holes for standback. So as as much as standback is, you know, he's he's a fast guy for his size. He can run you over. The holes are there. So there's no doubt in my mind. Like the game plan to limit Montreal's offense, you want to take away the big play. You want to make sure they don't beat you over the top because they do like to go for the kill shot a lot. I mean, the quarterback's Twitter handle is Big Play VA for goodness sakes, and they want to run the ball effectively. And BC didn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the run at all, but they were still able to limit things uh, in the red zone. But if you want to stop this Montreal offense, I think that's what you got to do. You want to force Vernon Adams to go on these long, extended drives because I'm not sure he's shown that he's capable of going on those long drives and scoring and finishing with touchdowns. And where do you think the where's the soft spot of that Al's defense? I was trying to, you know, going back and look at the last couple of games. I, I don't feel like there's to me, it didn't there was no like single area that stood out where I yeah. thought, well, that's probably where Toronto's gonna target things. You know, how how do you beat the Owls? Where do you score points? Yeah, I look honestly, I think they're a solid defense. I, I really think they are. I know there's a couple of games here and there uh where uh, you know where they they, they, they've, they've kind of given up points and stuff, but I feel like a lot of those times it's the offense that's kind of uh, let them down in, in that sense. Like even, you know, the, the BC got some late points there uh, and they were points off turnovers as well late in that game. But I mean, Montreal held them to under 30. They were under 20 for a while. And, and so to me, I, I don't know that there's one area where you can exploit this team. I thought, you know, if you look at 
what happened in 2019, their biggest need was pass rush help. They were last in the league in sacks, and Trevor Harris picked them apart in the East semifinal in, in 2019 at home. So uh, you had time to drop back and throw. Now you don't necessarily have that time. You, Antonio Simmons has made plays, and Armando Sewell has been as advertised. I know he's a guy in his mid-30s, been in the league for a decade, but he commands a lot of double teams, and it opens things up for the other defensive tackles like Mike Wakefield and Woody Barron. And the only guy I would say needs to kind of step up a little bit is uh, is Nick Usher. He's a, he's a guy that he was one of the big free agent acquisitions that they've brought in. He was a guy who was in the NFL for a little bit, had some good seasons out in Edmonton. He's in his mid-20s, he's a young guy still, but he just – forget the sack total. He just he hasn't brought that pressure off the edge consistently enough. So I don't know that there's one specific way to beat this Owls defense. So all the guys you named are, are players that most Toronto fans are really familiar with. But for fans that have not been following the Owls week to week this year, can you give us a name of someone that maybe they'll see on their television screens on Friday night and say, wow, I, I don't know who that is and I'm, I'm really impressed. Who, who maybe yeah. jumps out? Yeah, I, I think you have to look at uh, the middle linebacker, Ahmad Thomas. I, he missed a game, um, but he's come in and I feel like he's done a real good job. He's, he's, he's adjusting to the Canadian game. He's a rookie. He's a guy who played strong safety at the uh, University of Oklahoma. So they brought him in to replace Enoch Mwamba. They've swapped the ratio there. Uh, so they're using an uh, American middle linebacker uh, since Enoch Mwamba left for, uh, for Toronto. So I think that's a guy uh, that you probably want to keep an eye out on um, for sure. And, I mean, offensively, it's, it's the similar cast of characters. Like, I know it's his second year. He had a good year in 2019. But I think Jake Winicky's a star in, in this league. And if you're not really paying attention uh, to Jake Winicky, then uh, that's on you. Because he, he's not going to beat you with speed, but he's a big dude, good possession receiver. He's got good hands. And when they get into the red zone, I'd make sure that uh, you keep an eye on number nine. Because when they're having success there, and I don't even think they went to him, uh, in the end zone at all in the last game against BC. They used them more in the middle of the field. Uh, but when they need a score, they go to the sure hands of, uh, of Jake Winnick. He's having a very good second season so far. Yeah, he's he's always open. And it's one of those things where I don't yeah. quite know how he's always open. Like you look at his measurables and he's just such an unassuming looking guy. And somehow he's just wide open. He's he's, he's a great route runner. He's got really good instincts for where to stop in the void. And and I think, you know, Vernon Adams is learning to look his direction. Maybe missed him last week. But I think Argos fans are a little nervous this week because how many weeks in a row are you going to hold Vernon Adams out of the end zone? You know, that's one yeah. is, is a lot. So, you know, we'll see if it's... Uh, if it can happen this week too. Uh, last question before we go into a prediction. I know Enoch Mwamba is really hoping to play this week. I don't think it's going to happen. We haven't heard an official word yet. I, I, his hamstring's not not in good shape right now. Uh, we'll see. But uh, it, what's what's the sentiment around Montreal regarding him? Because he's having another terrific season for the Argos. Yeah, I, I think there was a lot of confusion in the offseason. And I think you know, look, I'm, I'm guessing here, obviously not in the front office, but just talking to different people around the team, it, it certainly seems like they felt like the, the tackle number might have been inflated for Enoch Wamba. Maybe they felt like, you know, some of the guys playing outside linebacker, guys like Patrick Levels and Chris Ackie, who both signed uh, in Ontario in, 20, in 2020 in free agency, Ackie with Toronto and Levels uh, with Hamilton, they both came back. Uh, ironically enough, they're both starting for Montreal now, linebacking core, but maybe they felt like those guys were kind of funneling things into the middle and Enoch Wamba was kind of cleaning up the mess. Um, but 
I, I think Bwamba wanted to stay. And I, I think it was really an Al's decision to go in a different direction and maybe go uh, a little bit cheaper at middle linebacker. I have, I honestly have nothing bad to say uh, about Enoch. Uh, just getting to know the guy uh, over the last couple of years and seeing how involved he is in the community and how productive he was on the field. I mean, for goodness sake, he's the outstanding Canadian in the league uh, in 2019. So uh, he's a guy that I think Alouette's fans... Uh, they missed. They missed the personality. They missed the player on the field. But I think in terms of the job that the replacement, Ahmad Thomas, even Trey Watson has done uh, as a young American linebacker, I don't think they've necessarily missed him as much on the field. That's not to say that he wasn't able, he wouldn't be able to do a great job had he stayed in Montreal. It's just that, you know, they went younger, they went cheaper, and they figured that they'd allocate more money on the defense uh, to the front four. And they've been able to get after the quarterback with a little bit more regularity. So how's this game going to go down? So good news for, for Montreal fans. I've predicted a 28-14 Toronto win. So that almost guarantees Montreal a win based on my record. How do you think this one's going to turn out? Yeah, I'm really torn, man. Like, I, I, I really think that – I think the Argos bounce back, to be honest with you. And I, I'm not – I think this game is close. I mean, you look at the spread. It's essentially a pick of my saw. It was at uh, minus a uh, point and a half for the Argos. It went up to two and a half. Um, but it's I, and that's how I see it. I think it's going to be a really close game. But if I look at Montreal's just their record this year, they're two and three. Uh, they beat Edmonton in week two. Look, you can only beat who's in front of you. So I'm not trying to pile on the Owls. That's not what I'm doing. But Montreal beat an Edmonton team in week two. They were a total disaster in that game. Like Edmonton, absolutely no showed. And credit to Montreal. They took advantage, but keep in mind that that Edmonton team lost the week before to Ottawa. So Ottawa, so Edmonton was total disarray. Um, they beat an Ottawa team in Ottawa. They put up 50 points plus on Ottawa, uh, which is, listen, no small feat in this league. But again, like Ottawa is a disaster as well. Um, so the good teams that they've played, and I don't even consider Calgary a good team, but they blew a 14-3 lead in Calgary. And I think Calgary is decent when Bo Levi is healthy. They couldn't get it done against Hamilton, who I think is a good team. And they didn't get it done against BC, who I think is a team that's good in the same level uh, as the Owls are. That's how I feel. And so they haven't really beat a quote-unquote good team yet. And I think the Argonauts are a good team. So I think it's going to be tight. Uh, and I know the Owls have been, are 2-1 and one on the road, but I do think that the Argos pull it off uh, this week. Joey, before you go, tell the good people uh, where they can find you and, and all your stuff. Yeah, man, you can find me on Twitter at Joey Alfieri. Uh, very easy find there. I'm on Instagram as well at Joey underscore Alfieri. And uh, if you listen to TSN 690 Radio in Montreal, you're bound to hear me uh, talk owls, soccer, or hockey at, uh, at some point. But the Canadian Football League is my uh, true passion, so I try to slide in as much CFL talk as I possibly can. Joey, thanks so much for joining me today. It's been awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. On behalf of Joey Alfieri, my name is Ben Grant saying so long and may all your pre-snap reads be good ones. I'll see ya. Go Toronto Argos, go, go, go. Pull together, fight the foe, foe, foe.